Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The place is Beast Mode doing a good job and then followed by Boston Busky running on. A good rule can do no more going off straight up the straight with Revenge, but it's going to be eight from eight and what a procession this is for Beach Life. Beach Life, shouldn't even get the driving fee for that driver, he didn't do anything at all, Mark Pitt. Beach Life wins it easy by another 15 metres. Good go at the miners. Yeah, quite incredible uh, at Launceston on the weekend with Emma Stewart, Mark Pitt, uh, training all but one winner of, what's it, the 10 race program or nine races? Chris, good morning to you. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning everyone. I think they won nine of the 10. The wow. one they missed, they didn't have a runner in. Extraordinary. It has to be a record. Oh, no doubt. Mm. No doubt. Bill Dixon had nine winners in a day, but that was spread across two meetings. That was Townsville and Charters Towers for memory back in the 70s. So long time ago, but uh, that's a, that's a modern-day record, mm. no doubt about it. Just an unbelievable achievement. And favourite putters were cheering as well, Chris, because most of them did step out at odds, um, didn't they? Uh, right throughout the night, including that one we just replayed, the Promising Beach Life started about $1.14 officially. Yeah, well, most times when anything from that stable steps out, whether it be in Tasmania or in their home state of Victoria, they're normally very safely uh, uh, protected by the punters and uh, they didn't let them go around at uh, uh, big odds there on Saturday night. So they had some good firepower. They were able to take the main race as well, the $100,000 feature. So... A great night for the stable, and uh, I'm sure they would have been absolutely thrilled with that. We have an opportunity to chat, but just quickly before Edward, um, Leonard Kane joins us. Max Shard was able to win the, the Wagga Cup at $7.50, a great drive, and got the money for Jack Callahan and, of course, Linda McCarthy trains. Yeah, race record. There, there is a possibility that he could be headed to Queensland for the Carnival uh, later this year. Of course, as we know now, Steve, they're making this big announcement uh, official this morning uh, about this new race, a slot race. It's called the Eureka. It's it's meant to be valued at $2.1 million. How they're funding that, I'm not uh, entirely sure. Obviously, a slot-style format, uh, 10 slots, $100,000 each. But there's a lot of other money that needs to be generated. So it'll be interesting to see how they break that down. Three-year-olds and four-year-olds only, Steve, 2,300 metres set to be run in September next year. But the obvious question, it's for Australian horses only, Australian bred horses only. So no Kiwi bred, so you're ruling out the uh, the All-Stars operation. You're basically wiping out Gary Hall over in the West because the bulk of his stables are ex-Kiwis as well. And, and, you know, being the world's richest race, which it is going to be, uh, it doesn't attract the world's best horses. So it's an interesting move. Is that it Menangle? Yeah, it's going to be at Menangle, but there is a possibility that it could go on rotation after the first year, but that's yet to be ratified. I know what I'd be doing. Mm. I'd be taking King of Swing straight out of the paddock. <laughs> he's not eligible. Oh, isn't he? Okay. No, well, he, he's a six-year-old or seven-year-old, and he's a New Zealand-bred horse. Oh, okay. So That's what you said, three and four-year-olds. Three and four-year-olds. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Leonard okay. Kane's with us. So it sort of backs off... Um the rising sun because that's the concept uh, that Racing Queensland have gone. It'll be interesting to see if there's an impact on that race uh, next year as well. Anyway, more on that in time to come. Lennon Kane's been waiting patiently. He joins us now. Lennon, good morning. Good morning to you too. Hey, we've got the trot rods uh, starting up again tonight. This uh, series for its third year is going to be interesting over the next two months. The final coming up in late May and we've got the first two opening heats and you're playing a part in both. So 
I just want to go through your drive and then I'll talk about a few other things with you in time to come. But race one, number one, our Eduardo Denario over 947 metres. You obviously need a certain type for this series, the trot rods. Is he the right type of horse in your opinion? Um, yeah, I do actually think this series will suit this horse. Um, you know, he's got good gate speed. Um, he loves to be on the front end and rolling along. So um, over the short trip, I think, um, you know, I've never driven in a series like this. That's something new for me as well. But, um, you know, I think he will be suited to it. Um, he's in a fairly even field there tonight. So, um, you know, I give him a big hope there tonight. Okay, just on you firstly, the fact that this is different for you, do you approach it a little differently? Is there a different mindset when you go into these races, basically over the one lap? Um, yeah, I think so, Chris. You know, like generally watching them previously, they seem to be, obviously, you know, everybody seems to burn the gate and try and find a spot, you know, whether it be in front or close enough to the speed because obviously when it's over such a short distance and they're going to be running the whole way, it's going to be hard to get into it if you're at the back. So... Um, I think it is going to be, you know, a lot different for me. And um, like you say, it's it's a much different style of racing. So, um, no, it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. But um, just fortunate with a good draw in that first heat. All right. Just on our Eduardo Denario, his recent form reads okay. There's a couple of misses there. But when you go through it, they were off bad draws. When he's been able to draw well, he's been able to capitalise and he's got victory. So he's won two of his last four. Was it the barrier draws that cost him in those two recent defeats? Uh, I think so, Chris. You know, especially his last start, he probably was a tad disappointing. But in saying that, he drew five around Marburg, ended up last, and um, just never got a chance to get into it. Like you say, it's not his racing style, so I sort of um, disregard that run. I don't. That doesn't worry me. Um, you know, obviously coming up with a better draw tonight. Um, like you say, when he's drawn well or when he finds a position close to the speed, he's always there about. So um, I think he's well settled in this race tonight. All right. Well, he's a proven Ericliff winner. So too is Gretel's girl, your other drive in the Trot Rod Series. This is heat two, race two, but she's got to overcome the outside draw. So starts crucial, no doubt. How do you see it early with Gretel's girl? Yeah, definitely. Um, she's another horse that sort of, she's got good gate speed. So we'll probably burn out and um, just try and look for a bit of a hole there. Um, like I say, try and settle as close as we can to the speed because it's sort of near impossible to get into it from back in the field, um, you know, and, unless something was to go drastically wrong up front. But, um, you know, like you say, with the awkward draw, I think we sort of probably got to punch out and just look to get a spot close. And um, I think if she can do that, she'll run a really nice race tonight. You know, I think her last start was quite... Um, I was a tad disappointed with it. She was in season that night, so... Um, that doesn't worry me as much. You know, she never races as well when she's in season. So, um, you know, I think that even with the draw, if I can settle close enough, I think she'll be right there. Okay, so she doesn't have to lead to win? No, I don't think so, Chris. All right, so two good chances there in the opening two heats of the Trot Rod series. So as I mentioned, that series goes over the next uh, two months, the, uh, the final line coming up on a Wednesday night in late May. So we look forward to that couple of other key drives for you tonight. Race four, horse three, can't refuse. If the real can't refuse turns up here tonight, he should be very hard to beat here. Oh, for sure. You know, he's a horse that I've got a lot of respect for. Um, you know, I've had a little bit to do with him when we had him um, under Craig Cross's care in Sydney. So, um, 
I have driven him a couple of times before and I, I do have a lot of respect for the horse. So like you say, if um if he turns up tonight, which I think he will, you know, Donnie Smith does a great job with them older horses. So um I think the draw sort of helps as well, you know, we've we've drawn close enough that we can be right up there and um I think that he'll he'll sort of prove hard to beat in that race tonight to be honest. Okay, so you've got previous experience with him. Any victories with him previously? Uh, no, I ran third going 53 over 2300 at Menangal one night. I led and sort of let him slip along a, probably a bit too quick down the back and um, got beat by match in heaven. But uh, his run was big that night. So, um, you know, I'm sort of glad to be partnering up with him again tonight. Okay, he's a well-travelled horse. There's no doubt about it. He's won 16 races, earnings just shy of $300,000. His last win was some time ago, and it was over in the west at Gloucester Park. So December 2020. Yeah, you know, um, he, he has been racing well enough in Sydney. He's only beaten seven metres, I think, in 52, two starts ago. Um, so he sort of, like you said earlier, if... If the real can't refuse turns up tonight, um, I think, you know, he should be um, well and truly, you know, winning that, I think. so. All right. All right. Well, that's can't refuse. The following race, Kookaburra Princess. She's off a freshen up. You know this mare well. Uh, if she brings her bear, she's going to prove awfully hard to beat here. Oh, absolutely. You know, she, um, she is first up, but Shane Graham's always got his team spot on, so that doesn't worry me at all. Um, like you say, she's drawn well, she's drawn in. So um, if we can settle close enough early um, or even in front, that'd be awesome. So I think she'll she'll be real hard to beat tonight, to be honest. She's quite a classy mare, you know, especially in that grade. So, um, no, I think if we can cl- be close enough, I think she'll be, she'll be right there. Okay. She hasn't raced since mid-February. No trial? No, I don't believe so. Okay. And then you've got to hang around until the final race, race 10, the last, out of change. This looks wide open, this final race. If he produces his best, is he capable here of showing up? I think so. You know, um, she's sort of a little bit hit and miss, but I think she's going to be the type of horse that um, she'll surprise us. You know, she's, she'll pop up one night when you're not expecting it. But, you know, if I can settle close enough there tonight... I give her a good hope, you know, because she um, she's not hopeless. She's sort of still learning a bit. She's taken a bit of time to sort of come to the racing. But um, I think, you know, if she brings her best tonight, she should be right with them. Okay. What's the pick of your drives then tonight? Uh, I'd have to go can't refuse, I think, you know. Um, it's hard to say between can't refuse and Kookaburra Princess, but I think I'll have to go with can't refuse. Righto, race four, number three. Hey, congratulations for the victory over the weekend as well. Feature race success, taking out that Gold Strike Series final. He, he did it very well, but it didn't come as a shock because he was so impressive in the heat. So a clean sweep of that series for you and so am I. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you. That um, that was great. You know, like you said, in his heat, he was huge. He carried a flat tyre from the bell, sitting parked, and um, still won by a big margin and done it under a string of holds. So... Um, like you say, I went into the race on Sunday quite confident and things went our way with draws and the way the race was run and um, being able to control it. So, no, nah, he was good. It's great for Sean and Michelle. They'd put a lot of time into their horses, so it was just good to get a nice win for them. Is he capable now of taking it to Albion Park and being competitive there? I think so, for sure. Um, this time back in, he's been great. You know, like he trialled, trialled in 57 flat at Redcliffe. Um, 
you know, his first trial back and he done it well that day and I sort of said to Sean, you know, he's come back a lot better this time. He was relaxing last time and he was getting a little bit fierce on us and um, he relaxed really well. He, he touched wood, he's been faultless this time in and the trial after that in the sand start, he was obviously, he tried well again beating Franco Nathan and then obviously his last two starts through that series have been good. So um, I think he sort of, Sean's changed his work a little bit and he's a little bit happier now and I, I think this big thing to come for him to be honest is um, a horse that sort of excites me Alright, good stuff Congratulations for that, best of luck tonight We'll see you trackside Thanks very much, take care There's Leonard Kane joining us, so he's got a number of key drives there tonight, a young trainer that's got her team going along really well is Taylor Gillespie, I'll be interested to see if she's got one in her stable that's going to have a shot at the Trot Rod Series over the next couple of months, and she joins us online now. Taylor, good morning. Good morning, thanks for having me. Uh, Pleasure. Trot Rod Series, anything in your stable that could bob up there over the next couple of weeks? Uh, Not that we've really given it a great deal of thought. Um, Probably the only one that really has a bit of a high speed really would be um, Mr. Rio de Janeiro. But, um, no, we haven't really given it a great deal of thought. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned him. He was super again yesterday at Albion Park in that final race. Yeah, he was. We were real happy with him. Um, It seems to be... He used to be a leader, but it seems to be now his go is um, sort of taken off around the bell and driving him, you know, hard. And he... um, seems to be loving it. I think if he sort of got the card up into it yesterday, he probably nearly wins, but um, no, we were happy with him. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I think with a little bit of cover, he might have been uh, right in the mix, uh, in the mix over the, the latter mm. part, but he'll keep for another day. Let's talk yep. about your two runners tonight. Purple Shades in race five. So consistent, comes up with a good draw, looks a real threat. Yeah, we're happy with him. He's been putting some really good runs in lately. Um, I think he was very unlucky last week. He sort of never saw daylight up the straight. Um, But, you know, better draw tonight and hopefully he doesn't get shuffled back far. And I think um, with a bit of luck, he'll get the job done. Okay, he does go well at this track too, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He sort of just, you've got to drive him cold. He just comes with one run at them. Um, So, uh, yeah, he's been real good lately. He's been hitting the line really well. Okay, so he looks a terrific chance there in race number five. And the other runner, another very consistent performer, John Wright. I'm a bit of a fan of this guy. He puts in every time he steps out. Oh, he's terrific. He's just turned into the most consistent horse of the entire stable. Um, We just, and he toughs it out week in, week out. He's not doing it easy and he just, he loves it. It seems to be the only way he'll he'll, um, have a go is if he's doing it tough. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, he probably lacks that little bit of change-up speed, but uh, yeah. what he what he lacks there, he sort of makes up for it as far as true grit is concerned. Yeah, he, he grinds it out. Well, last week when they ran that first quarter in 28.5, I didn't think he had a 28.5 quarter in him, but he showed us he could do that and still get home. But, yeah, like you say, he doesn't really have that turn of foot. He just grinds it out and, you know, he's all hard. He just keeps digging in. Do you think this race tonight is any harder than what he met last week or is it very uh, similar? Oh, pretty similar. I, I think his draw is the only concern. Obviously, he's got to be up there, so Maddie's going to have to be pushing forward from the start. And if he gets, you know, his ideal trip, he'll, I think he'll be right in there. I don't 
don't think it's much harder. I think he's up to it. Okay, has Matty given us a lead? The fact that he's got a, a good rapport with Dance in a Hurry. He's picked off Dance in a Hurry to stick with John Rod. Is that a little lead for punters as well? <laughs> um, I hope so. He uh, chose Dance in a Hurry a few weeks ago and John Rod beat him then, so he might have learned his lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll soon find out tonight. But he is like a little ATM machine, this guy, isn't he? He is. He's been terrific for his owner and... Um, She's that happy with the job he's done and the job we've done with him. She bought herself another one, um, Office Bad Boy, who won last week. So um, she was very happy both John Rudd and Office Bad Boy won last week. So, um, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned him because I've got to ask the obvious question. What magic have you worked with Office Bad Boy? Because as we know, he's had a few stables and he's got a lot of tricks, but he was perfect last week. Yeah, we weren't expecting him to win. Um, he's he's not a very good track worker by himself, so we weren't overly confident. We changed a few things with his gear. We took the shadow roll off him and we let his hobbles out a few holes and um, he was just terrific. And it was a beautiful drive by Brendan to get him in behind the leader. And um, the week before the first start we gave him, when Shane drove him, he galloped, but Shane sort of blamed himself. He said he just grabbed him in the mouth too quick and just jumped out of it. So we were worried turning into home when he went down the sprint lane that he might, you know, jump out of it, but he was perfect and just sprinted away from them. So real happy with him. Okay, well, hopefully that's the first of many for you. Uh, the other one that I want to ask about this morning, uh, the, the Trotter Dreamy. Speaking of headache horses, where's he at right now? Oh, he has turned into a headache. Um, he's just jogging up at the moment. We've just decided to give him a bit of a break with the floods and stuff. A lot of them missed a bit of work. So um, we thought he'd probably appreciate the time away. So he's jogging back up now, but we just thought we'd take it slow with him and hopefully a bit of time and a bit of slow progression, he might come back as good as what he was when we gave him those first few runs. So is it all about maturity with him? Yeah, he's just so green. He just um, He's just doing really silly things that are costing himself. Like he's just pulling and choking off and, um, yeah, just doing really immature things. So we're hoping with time, um, you know, he'll be a, a better horse as he gets older. It's just having that patience with him for now. Okay. Well, we wish you the best of luck with him. Best of luck tonight with that double as well. Hopefully you can land it with Purple Shades and John Rod. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. There's Tyler Gillespie joining us. So uh, the two runners for her stable tonight, and they both look terrific chances, no question about it. Let's get the form talk from the man that does all the form for Racing Queensland, and that's Darren Clayton. He joins us now. Darren, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are we today? Really well. We've got the Trot Rod starting for 2022, series number three of this series. It's going to be interesting over the next couple of months. Uh, a couple of new, little slight changes, but I think for the better. And we'll see that over the coming weeks. But uh, how do you see those first two races, those Trot Rod heats one and two? Yeah, really looking forward to, to kicking off again for 2022. Um, that first heat, race one, I've got, uh, yeah, I think that's a really wide open one. I've got Patchwork Jet on top but with no degree of confidence at all. Um, as we know, the start will be all important. I thought Wedding Night might have the speed to get across Eduardo Denario. Um, if she did happen to get across, I think the one-lap format would really suit her. Um, 
So if if she gets across, I think she's the one to beat. But if they go too hard in those early stages, trying to secure that lead between our Eduardo Denario and and Wedding Night, well, that's where I think Patchworth Jet will come into it. And um, he's the only runner in this field with a win over the format. He's won previously uh, in these races, so. I think if uh, he can get in the right position, he's the one to beat, Patchwork Jet. In the second heat, race two, uh, I think this is a, a, a great right race for left in the wind. She's a get out and go forward. I don't think she's overly strong. And uh, under this format, the one-lap scamper, Pete McMullen can get her to the front and just keep her rolling. And I thought she looked too good left in the wind. OK, so... Uh... Left in the wind there in that second heat, and you're you're with Wedding Night in that first heat there of the Trot Rod. So they're the first two races on the program. What is your best bet tonight? Yeah, a little bit later in the card, and, and I'm really keen in race seven on the chances of Sugarcane. Um, I think she'll she'll really appreciate getting a good gate. She hasn't had a, a good one for a while, and importantly at Redcliffe, her record record is superb. She's got seven of her ten wins coming at Redcliffe, also. 10 minor placings so um, she got third last time out from gate 9 worked home pretty well she gets all the options from gate 1 and I thought she was a really good thing race 7 number 1 sugarcane okay currently 370 with tab fixed price $1.55 for the play so that's the best bet race 7 number 1 is there anything else on the program that you like yeah, just one race earlier, Chris, and um, again, I thought this was a pretty good price for this guy, and that's our Bondi Beach, horse number two in race six. Um, he's a horse that probably does his best when um, saved saved up for one run. He likes to get in on the pegs and, and shoot the passing lane. Um, that's probably come more about by... Uh, his record from drawing one. There's never a horse that can draw one more consistently than this guy, but he's in gate two today. Hasn't had a um, met a field probably this easy for a while. He wasn't too far behind What's Up Sunshine last time out. What's Up Sunshine would absolutely put this field to the sword. Um, I think he can show enough early speed to perhaps find the front and then take a seat or even look for an all-the-way win. He doesn't get those chances too often. And I thought he was a good thing as well. Race six, number two, our Bondi Beach. Okay, again, good value. $5 currently with tab fixed price, $1.50 for the place. The quaddy, the main quaddy, five, six, seven, and eight. Throw some numbers at me, please. Yeah, I've got uh, number three in the first leg on top, Kookaburra Princess. She's back from a spell. Finds conditions to suit here first up. The danger being number five, B on the sly. This 11-year-old is in uh, career best form. He's got a hat-trick of victories to his name at his past three, so I thought they were the main dangers there. The second leg, race six, we've got number two, our Bondi Beach on top, as I mentioned. Um... Insurance plays throwing the seven, La Saffron. He's never far away. Not sure um, whether he's going to get another win. He just keeps him to just keep running in the minors. And number one, he said, she said, just from the gate from where he should position. In the third leg, I've mentioned Sugarcane. Happy to go one out with her in that leg. I thought, uh, like I said, I, I really do like her chances. And in the last leg, race eight, again, another one I'm keen on, and it's horse number one, Portsea Prince. He'll be fitter from three runs back from uh, a spell, a long spell that was, 2,040-metre race, which will sort a few of these out, but uh, the Dixon Stable, uh, their horses are always strong over the middle distance, and I thought he gets his chance. The knockout hopes probably on his back, number seven, explanation noted. We'll also throw in at number four, Ace Lombo, and number six, as she says, just to go a little bit wider. Um, 
that's still a pretty skinny quaddy there. Okay, so just repeating those numbers. First leg, three and five. Second leg, one, two, seven. One only, which is your best bet tonight, Sugarcane, and we bring it home with numbers one, four, six, and seven. So uh, two by three, six, uh, six by four, $24 for 100%. Yeah, that's uh, that's how it's come up. But uh, I thought really good betting card tonight, Chris, and, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how Can't Refuse goes. Like you just mentioned with Leonard, the real Can't Refuse turns up. He'll be very hard to beat in that race. Yeah, he's the key runner tonight, no doubt. But your best bet, race seven, number one, Sugarcane, and the other one that you're really keen on, race six, number two, our Bondi Beach. I look forward to chatting to you on Friday morning when we do all the form for Saturday night's Metro card at Albion Park. We've got our first meeting back uh, away. Uh, that all went to plan last Saturday night, so I'm looking forward to the chat on Friday morning. Yeah, it should be good. We've been freshened after a good Friday off, so be ready to roll. Beautiful. Look forward to it. There's Darren Clayton joining us. So just repeating his best bet. Race seven, number one, Sugarcane. The other one he likes is race six, number two, our Bondi Beach. I want to I want to chat with Andy Gap this morning because he, he stepped out his stable star on Monday afternoon. He was first up since winning that Group 1 feature last year. And he was able to go to a feature race on Monday afternoon at Hamilton. It was the Tom Team Pacing Championship. It was a race worth $25,000, and his star three-year-old was able to dominate from the get-go, rolled straight to the front, didn't give his rivals a chance. He cleared out for a very easy win. This is a, a three-year-old that has huge potential. There's no question about it. He's won seven from eight, over $200,000 in stakes, and he joins us now, Andy. Good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Thanks for that. How good was it to have him back at the races? Yeah, no, it was really good, actually. Um, we did have a nominated for a race on the Saturday, a three-year-old race, and it didn't go ahead. So this worked out to be um, quite a good option. Um, you know, he's got the APG heats and finals coming up, so it's nice to get a run into him. And it was nice to see that his manners were pretty good on the day. He sort of walked around with the field and circled, which he, uh, in the past, has always sort of hasn't been able to do. And even at home, sometimes he can be, um, you know, a little bit piggish at times. Okay, so that's, that's a good sign going forward because... He sort of illustrated that maybe, you know, he's starting to, to turn that, that habit because in, in that trial recently at Melton, he was really good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, uh, again, he's always had plenty of ability. He's also had plenty of quirks to sort of go with it. And um, I'm not sure if anyone saw his British crown. <laughs> People on course that actually saw his British crown uh, final win, um, you know, in the warm-up, he had, he had to have a clerk of a course either side of him just to, just to warm up, you know, he, he's sort of that type of horse. But this time in, fingers crossed that um, he's grown he's grown up a little bit in the mind and, um, you know, he's so far so good. He, you know, but Hamilton, his manners were terrific and his performance sort of equaled his, his manners. Correct me if I'm wrong, the Tom Team Pacing Championship, uh, previously it was a heat final concept, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they used to run two heats on a final and you got a $10,000 bonus if you won the two heats on the final. But I think over the last four or five years, they just reverted back to just sort of one one race. Um, yeah, the, you know, it was a bit of a shame. It used to be such a, you know, great idea. I think you, you had to go to sort of three different tracks to try and win it. And with the $10,000 bonus up for grabs, it's always um, always took a quality horse to win it and you know, took a quality horse to win it this year too. So, um yeah, it's been a great race. It's been going for a long time, but you know, a little bit disappointing now. You only have the one-off race. Okay, let's let's talk Turkey now, Andy. Is this potentially the best horse you've ever put a bridle on? Um, yeah, he's still got a long way to go, but but yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, he's you know nearly every race he's had, he's sort of got home in 27 or, or quicker. 
Um, yeah, he's got enormous potential. Um, you know, he's got a great stride on him. You know, he's got breeding. He's a good-looking horse. You know, there's something to like about him. Again, he's had a few quirks, and hopefully if we can iron them out going forward and turn him into a complete racehorse, um, yeah, there's no doubt he can sort of achieve, um, you know, a hell of a lot with, you know, throughout his career. Okay. You mentioned the APG series coming up. That's his obvious and, and, and most uh, pressing challenge coming up for him? Yeah, no, definitely. I think the heats are on the 5th of May or something uh, at Bendigo and then the final, uh, if he qualifies at Melton about 10 days later. So, um, yeah, so that's his first press engagement. Um, you know, we bypassed the Vic Bread with him sort of, you know, he's probably getting a little bit tired towards his end of his preparation now and starting to do a lot of things wrong. So, I know, you know, it was more than happy and so was I to, to sort of spell him and we sort of got him back in plenty of time now and this is the, his next big race on the radar. Okay. Queensland, is there any possibility that Catch a Wave could, could line up in the features up here in July? Um, yeah, there could be uh, some chance. Um, yeah, obviously um, we'll go through the process and get through the APG first and see how he pulls up. Um, there's hell of a, not really a lot for him unless he heads up there, um, you know, until the back end of the season, the way the season is structured now. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a possibility. Obviously, um, yeah. Queensland's got a great three-year-old up there as well. And, um, you know, there's one in New South Wales, Rip, who might head up there as well. So, um, you know, there's three great three-year-olds going forward and it'll be good to see if they can all clash at some stage. Has any official from Queensland reached out to you just to find out whether you're interested or not in the carnival up here? Apart from you texting me, driving me nuts. No, no one has yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so th- there is a chance. That's what you're telling me. There is a chance. Well, there is a chance. Obviously, um, you know, our previous conversations, I keep telling you no just to upset you. But, um, again, the simple fact that you only three once, and uh, as you know, uh, if you want to race in a big race over over winter, you've got to go to Queensland because that's that's where they are. So, um, yeah, no, there's definitely an opportunity. And a trip away, if he's doing things right, you know, might make him a little bit better again going forward. Does this announcement this morning from Harness Racing Australia with uh, regard to this new race, the Eureka, does it change your your line of thinking or planning with Catch a Wave moving forward? Um, not really. I, again, it's still a fair bit away. It's nice to that they try to race on it. You've got one actually good enough to go in it and hopefully um, you know, be good, good enough to win it. So um, just hope, hope my owner doesn't sell him on me. Is there interest? Oh, there has been plenty of interest uh, previously, and I, I'm guessing he's not for sale at any price, a little bit like Leap to Fame, and, um, you know, probably Ripper as well. Um, they've got three owners that, uh, you know, been looking for quality horses the whole, the whole year, and I'm pretty sure the whole three owners will hold on to those horses. Can I ask, is it local or North American interest? Uh, only local interest at this stage we've had for him. Uh, we haven't any, any interest from North America at this stage. Okay, and just getting back to that new race, uh, how, how do you see that race developing in time to come, the Eureka? Yeah, obviously it's a great opportunity. Um, again, um, you know, fortunate enough that I've sort of got one in the barn that, you know, is capable of going in it. You know, a lot of big sales will probably be trying to source horses over the next 12 months and if they haven't got one good enough to try and sort of get one. And uh, Australian horses are generally a little bit hard to buy compared to New Zealand horses, but... You know, if there's a big money on offer, you know, people might be getting offered prices that are too good to refuse. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's great to have a race, you know, of that calibre going forward, and especially for Australian-bred horses. Mm. Are, are you surprised they went with the Australian-bred horses only? And, 
you know, claiming it's the world's richest race, which it ultimately will be, um, you know, it doesn't attract the, the world's best horses. So are you surprised it's Australian only? I am a little bit. Uh, simple fact, um, you know, with the shuttle stands or whatever, you can sort of access semen from anywhere in the world. So it doesn't really really matter. And again, um, if we're buying them from New Zealand, it helps that their economy over there and helps their foal numbers and everything. If, you know, people are sort of sourcing horses, you know, for these big races. So, um, yeah, no, I was a little bit surprised, but that's the way it is. And uh, again, I, I don't have to look very far to find one. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Now, tell me this, was your wife, Kate, at that launch this morning? Uh, no, she was. She was supposed to go, but um, a little <laughs> bit uh, hectic here to say. We all got washed out yesterday and, yeah, couldn't work any and a lot of fast workers today. So, yeah, it's just sort of become a little bit mission impossible. So, uh, yeah, so, um, yes, so she, she missed that on that flight. Got her here working. Okay. All right. I, I think I saw a photo of your track. It was completely, it looked like Albion Park from six weeks ago. Yeah, it did. So, um, yeah, unless we're going to swim them, um, they couldn't really be doing anything today, uh, yesterday's, but, you know, today we were able to get on it, which is good. How many are you currently working? Uh, it's about 42 here at the moment. It's always between 40 and 50, so, um, yeah, they're sort of roughly our numbers, but, yeah, about 42 at the moment. You know, there's a few spelling, a few young ones spelling, but, yeah, Majeshu has just come back into work. He's been back about seven days, so nice to have him, have him back. So, um, yeah, got a sort of nice team here, so... So and can you give me a little quote about a two-year-old trotter that's going to step out on Friday? Um, yeah, obviously, um, he's already pretty well known. He, he's the most expensive trotting yearling, I think, that's sold in Australasia, a horse called Basilica. Um, yeah, he's the father of Patrick Colt. Um, probably taking a little bit of time. He's always been a nice gator trotter, but the penny's just sort of starting to drop with him now. He's starting to realise that he can actually run a little bit. He's always been a little bit lazy, so... Yeah, I think he's, um, you know, a horse that's going to match his price tag going forward. Um, you know, we really like him. And, um, yeah, he's probably he's quite a big-framed horse. But I think as a three-year-old, you'd probably see the best of him. But saying that, I think he's going to have a pretty good two-year-old career as well. Okay. Was he, what, 170 at the sales? Yeah, 170. Pretty sure he was, yep. All right. So will it be a busy two-year-old campaign or are you just going to pick and choose? Uh, probably pick and choose. He's got the homegrown platinum in a couple of weeks so we just sort of give him a run for, for experience and he's sort of probably running that then he'll sort of go for a break and we'll probably bring him back for you know the British crown and the Vic Red um you know all the other you know if any other juvenile features like the Redwood and that would probably just miss I'd say right, well we'll watch uh, with close interest there on Friday 11.52 that race so we'll be tuned in race one number four Basilica Andy as always really appreciate the time I'll, I'll keep pestering you about catch a wave, so expect those texts to keep coming. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> There's Andy Gaff joining us.